Uh, we're going to look at uh, the vision of the church today and revisit that. Because we, we said at the beginning of the year, throughout the year, we were just going to pick some different Sundays to revisit what God has called us to do as a church and to um, look at our strategy, look at where we're at, look at how effective we're being so we know how to pray, how to give, and, and what to do as a church. And I don't know if you guys remember, like if you're just tuning in and you're really new to the church over the last couple of weeks because maybe you've started watching on the live stream and you're with us now, um, I want to kind of catch you up on what God's been speaking to us as a church. Because listen, guys, COVID-19 does not change God's will for our lives or God's will for the church. Listen, the mission of the church has not stopped because of a global pandemic or a local pandemic. We're still called as a church to reach as many people as we possibly can with the gospel of Jesus. And we're still called as believers to live our lives in such a way as to reach other people with the gospel of Jesus. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world around us. If it's not COVID-19, it's going to be something else. It's been like that since the beginning of time. But one thing that's been consistent, while famines have come and gone and wars have come and gone and and like global pandemics have come and gone, I guess, through, the, through history. The one thing that's been consistent is that the church of Jesus Christ has steadily marched forward one step at a time and has continued to preach about this Jesus that has so radically changed our lives. And at the beginning of the year, we as a church, we started out with 21 days of prayer and fasting, just sitting and waiting before the Lord. And that was awesome. Like we had uh, so many powerful things happen in people's lives through that period of time of just drawing closer to God. And on one of those days, God just began to speak to me about the church, about our vision and our focus and where he was going to take us. And I was seeking the Lord and I was just praying for, you know, God, what do you want us to do this year? You know, what is your vision for the church this year? What are the things you want us to focus on this year? And the Lord kind of corrected me and prompted me in my spirit and said, hey, I don't want you to just focus on this year. What I'm going to give you, what we're going to be doing as a church, is going to be a five-year vision. So the first thing that he laid on my heart was a number five for a five-year vision that we were going to dive into as a church. And the next thing he laid on my heart throughout the day as I was praying and seeking after him was the number 2,000. And God spoke, and he said that we're going to see over the next five years as a church 2,000 salvations, people crossing over from death to life, from hell to heaven. And I love that because that's 2,000 eternities that are impacted for the kingdom of God. I'm, I, still, I still get excited thinking about that because I know how awesome that is going to be and what that's going to look like. And he also spoke and he said that we were going to see 1,000 baptisms over the next five years in this church. Those are huge numbers for any church. Those are especially huge numbers for us at Eastgate right now um, because that means that we're going to be looking at a tremendous growth curve of reaching people for Jesus. And, and I love that. And some of you are probably thinking right now, if you're new to this vision like I was, you're probably thinking, you know, at that time when God showed it to me, I started thinking, well, how's that going to happen? How, how are we going to accomplish all of that? Lord, what are the nuts and the bolts and, 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 and what's that going to look like, you know? And, and uh, there's a lot of blanks out there in the vision that he's given us. But I tell you what, over the last couple of months, God slowly began to fill in some of those blanks. And, uh, you know, it's not our job to try to outthink God or figure it out. It's to trust him one step at a time and step into the vision that he's called us to. And I love this because it means that as a church, 
we're going to change a lot. That means that as individuals, we're going to have to change a lot, Eastgate. Okay, now take a sip of coffee. Take a sip of coffee and tune back into me here, okay? That means that we are going to be experiencing a lot of change personally in our growth and our relationship with God. And some of us are going to be stepping into new leadership positions. And some of us are going to be creating new areas of ministry so that we can reach all the people that God is calling us to reach. I am more excited. Like, I, I'm excited about the numbers. I'm excited about 2,000 people getting saved. I'm excited about 1,000 people getting baptized. I'm excited about the impact that God's saying is going to happen through the ministries of this church. But I am more excited as a pastor about the change that that means is going to have to happen in us personally as believers because we are going to have to grow into the vision that God's calling us to, not just as a church, but on an individual and on a personal level. And so to that, to me, gets me real excited. So we're talking about the vision that God has called us to today as a church, and there's a reason for that. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, it reads like this. And the Lord answered me, write the vision Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. In other words, hey, make the vision simple. Make the vision clear. Other, in, in another place in the Bible, it says that the people perish or the people lose restraint because of a lack of vision or a prophetic revelation from God. And so we're coming back as a church to revisit the vision that God has called us to. One, so it can be clear and right in front of us clear so that we can know how to pray and know what to do and so that we don't get distracted and get off track because you know it's real easy to do sometimes especially with a global pandemic going on something like that there's a lot of potential for distraction out there to pull us away from the focus that God has called us to have on our lives personally and as a church. So today's kind of a refocus, kind of a revisit, and we're going to celebrate a lot of stuff that God's been doing. I can't wait later on in the message to tell you about some of that cool stuff. So anytime you're looking at a vision, and you guys that are in leader, leadership or some of you pastors out there that might be watching, you know this. When you talk about vision, you've got to touch on three components in order for it to be complete. You've got to establish the why You've got to establish the what, and you've got to establish the how, okay? You've got to talk about the why, because if you don't have a why, then you don't have a reason for doing anything. The why is the motivation. The why is why we are doing this thing, you know? And then the what is, okay, what are we going to do to accomplish the why, what are we going to do to accomplish that need? What are we going to do to start moving in that direction? Because a good idea without work to implement it is just a good idea. It takes implementation for it to become an active vision that's accomplishing something. Okay, so that's what the what does. Um, and the how are the specific steps on how we're going to accomplish the what. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning and revisit some of the things that we know that God has called us to do for this year and maybe project into uh, the future just a little bit and talk about the things that God's laying on our hearts um, on down the road. So let's talk about the why first and why in the world would we want to do this, guys? And uh, 2,000 salvations, that's a big why. Um, 1,000 people baptized, that's a huge why. Seeing people being impacted and changed by God to experience the same love and forgiveness, and the sense of purpose and peace that we have in our relationship with God. That is a huge why. It's because people out there are going to die and go to hell if we don't step into the calling of God on our lives. 
And another big, big reason why is because everything that God's calling us to do, it matches up with his motivation that we see in Scripture. If you will, go to John chapter 3, and we'll see that the first thing is that what we're talking about doing is the heart of God the Father. It's the heart of God the Father. In John 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, reaching the lost is a huge part of the heart of God. It was a motivating factor that caused him to send Jesus into this world. And not only is it reflected in the heart of God, but we see it in the mission of Jesus. Jesus' whole life was about this thing too. In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That was his whole purpose. Everything that Jesus did revolved and rotated around that core mission in his life to seek and to save the lost. Not only do we see it in the Father and in the Son, but we see it as being the main purpose of the Holy Spirit too. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, read along with me. Um, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. The Holy Spirit equips us with power to be a witness. I love, I love the Holy Spirit. I love what he does in the life of, the, of a believer. I love the gifts of the Spirit, and I love the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of that stuff. I love all of that. I love the gifts of the Spirit and the power that we can operate in and praying for people and seeing people healed and seeing miraculous signs and wonders because that's still a real thing today, guys, by the way. I just prayed for a person last week and God miraculously healed them. I love seeing that stuff happen. I love being able to pray for people and watching the Holy Spirit move and you, you, you get words of wisdom and then you you see people operate in messages in tongues and interpretation of those messages in tongues. All the gifts of the Spirit are great, but the number one purpose, the reason for all the gifts of the Spirit, all the fruit of the Spirit, it all goes through the same pipeline of equipping us with power to be a witness for Jesus. So it's reflected in the purpose of the Holy Spirit. So we see it in the heart of God the Father. We see it in the mission of Jesus. We see it in the purpose of his Holy Spirit. And then it's no reason that we should see it reflected in the church because it's the calling and the purpose of the church. It's the calling and the purpose of the church. Matthew 28, starting at verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And there you've got it. He says, go into the world and make disciples. That that speaks to a conversion experience, okay? Go and make disciples. That's salvation, okay? Baptize them. That's water baptism, and then teaching them as discipleship. And these are all things that God is calling the church to do in general. God is just speaking to us in a more specific way and what he wants us to do in reaching people and seeing people baptized. I'm so excited about it because we see all of this reflected in the motivations in the heart of God in Scripture. So it lines up perfectly. It's a huge 
part of the why. It's because it's something that we should already be doing as a church. And I love that we're always, we've always been motivated to reach people at Eastgate, but this is like kicking it up to a whole new level, and I'm so excited about that. Another reason why, and this is a big reason, and it's 240000 okay? Because there are approximately 240,000 unchurched people in the tri-county area of Paulding, Carroll, and Douglas counties. 240,000. Yeah. And listen, I'm all for missions. Eastgate's going to be doing a lot with missions. We have done a lot with missions. We gave a lot to missions last year as a church. That's awesome. Reaching people on, on foreign soil is awesome. But listen, guys, we've got almost a quarter of a million people in our backyard that need to hear the gospel of Jesus. We've got a huge need around us, and it's time for us to kick it into another gear and reach as many people as we possibly can. God's calling us to do something powerful. And when you really think about it, 2,000 salvations compared against a need of about 240,000 people that are unchurched, it doesn't make 2,000 people seem like such a big number now, does it? We've got a lot of work to do. To reach people for Jesus. And what's funny is a lot of those 240,000 people, they don't go to church right now because they've been to church before. And they ran into a whole lot of judgment. They ran into a whole lot of people trying to push them into the box of what they think a Christian is supposed to look like. You know, they, they went to church and not only did they feel like they were judged, but they feel like they got lied to, gossiped about. You know, most people leave churches over issues of hurt that are unresolved. You know, um, regardless of whose fault it was, people leave because of that. Most people don't go to church because they've been to a church before and they experienced religion and not a relationship with Jesus. And there's a big difference. There's a huge difference. That's why here at Eastgate, we're always talking about a relationship with God versus the system of religion that man just kind of seems to gravitate towards. And I wish we could figure out a way to do church without having people in it. Like, that would be awesome, I think. But it'd be kind of weird because then I couldn't be here either. Um, that would mean that you couldn't be there because, in a, really, if you wanted to be honest, even if we had like a perfect church scenario where everybody was in love with Jesus if you or I showed up there we'd probably screw it up let's be honest you know because we got some messed up stuff in our lives but we're we've always been good as people at messing up the simplicity of the relationship that God wants to have with us like God gave Moses 10 commandments and Moses came down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments, and he presented it to the children of Israel. And almost immediately, as soon as we got a hold of just Ten Commandments or Ten Guidelines that were intended to help protect us from putting ourselves in dangerous positions in our lives, um, we started complicating it. Ten wasn't enough. Then we had to create laws and sub-laws to kind of explain what those Ten Original Laws meant. Did you know that out of the original Ten Commandments, there are literally thousands, thousands of rules and laws and regulations that were adopted and put into place to help people follow those ten simple 
guidelines that God gave us in the beginning. Because when people get a hold of it, we tend to jack things up and make things more complicated than they need to be. Jesus, when he came, the first thing he started doing was attacking the religious system. Like he was always butting heads with the Pharisees. He would go hang out with a sinner. Jesus would go hang out with people that were drunk. He would go hang out with prostitutes and bring them into a place of repentance. Jesus would always gravitate towards those people, but he was always butting heads with the religious leaders. And Jesus said, look, you guys have just complicated this stuff too much. Let's simplify it, okay? Let's take it from a thousand, thousands of laws back to the 10 original, and let's wipe all that out, and let's just bring it back down to two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. If we'll just do those two things, that'll take care of all the rest of it. Even as simple as that, in having a relationship with God, after Jesus died on the cross, we got a hold of that and started complicating it. Like, it hadn't even been five or six years later, and Paul was having to deal with issues where people were trying to put extra laws and requirements onto people that were getting saved. Like, we, we naturally just want to jack that stuff up. And listen, if you're out there right now, and you've been hurt in church, if you're out there right now, and you've seen what I'm talking about right now, you've seen people come in and try to add their preference and their opinion, and their extra little 10 cents onto what God has asked us to do in Scripture. You know, it's incredibly off-putting. I get that. If you've seen that and you've had a bad experience in church, let me encourage you with this, okay? Listen, don't mistake somebody's opinion or preference for God's heart and will for your life. Okay, don't mistake the two. They're two completely different things. And it I'm not saying that Eastgate, here we got everything all together. Like we, for the most part, we focus on um, letting God transform us from the inside out because that's how it works. <clears throat> Religion focuses on behavior modification. Jesus focuses on life transformation. Completely different thing. Religion is going to try to fit you into a cookie cutter design to get you to modify your behavior so that you look like a Christian supposed to look, you act like a Christian supposed to look, and you, you really what you become is a, what Jesus called a whitewashed tomb where you look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're, you're dirty. You're dirty and you're unclean and your spirit is just jacked up. Jesus came so that we don't have to have behavior modification. He came to transform us for life transformation from the inside out. And he said, if you will draw close to me, I will begin to work in your spirit and work in your heart. And as we go one step at a time in this relationship, I will develop and bring about the change that I want to see in your heart and in your, and in your life through your relationship with me, okay? Not from an outside in, but from an inside out. That's what's important here. And even if you show up at, at Eastgate Church, we're not a perfect church. We've probably got some people that'll mess that up too. I might be one down the road, who knows? Because it, it seems like there's always that religious element in a church setting. I want to encourage you not to focus on that stuff, but to focus on who Jesus is, what he can do in your life, and what God is calling you to do, okay? So don't let that hurt or, 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 or offense or bad experience keep you from being who God has called you to be. Because there's 240,000 people around us, guys, that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that need, that's a lot of people that need to hear about the love of God. That's a lot of families that need to be restored. It's a lot of marriages on the rocks right now 
that Jesus can heal and restore. It's a lot of teenagers dealing with depression right now. It's a lot of people thinking about committing suicide right now that could be reached with the gospel of Jesus. It's a lot of women in abusive situations that need to be healed and restored with the gospel of Jesus. It's a lot of guys it's a lot of guys out there who have been abused all their lives full of anger and hurt and bitterness that God needs to set free. There's a world out there that needs to be reached. 240,000 reasons why we as a church need to be focused on what God has called us to do. Okay? Um, the need out there is huge. The need out there is huge. When we talked about this a couple of months ago, I used the example of the Titanic. And I want to come back to that today just to kind of bring some focus on what we're talking about here. Because God's got us to do some powerful stuff. There should be a picture of the Titanic up there right now. The Titanic had a lot of stuff that went wrong. It had a bad experience, okay? Uh, a lot of stuff went wrong on the Titanic. But there are two things that we talked about that were just major, okay? And it had to do with the lifeboats on the ship. First thing was, there weren't enough lifeboats to begin with for the people that were on the ship. They had enough lifeboats to be able to handle a little less than half of the people that were actually on the Titanic. So if something happened, they only had enough to cover under half of those people. That's insane to me. The other thing was that when the boat hit the iceberg, people started to panic. And they ran to these lifeboats get in, and in their panic, they became incredibly self-focused and selfish. And lifeboats were going into the water in a hurry, only a third full or halfway full because people were so panicked and rushed and focused on themselves that they didn't think about the other people on the boat and how they needed to be in the boat too. They didn't think about filling up the boat. They just focused on protecting themselves and making sure that they were okay. Listen, here's a lesson that we can learn from that Eastgate Church, and we talked about it a couple of months ago, and you guys that were there will probably remember this. Is one, we've got to make sure that our boats are full. Okay, We've got to make sure that as a church, we are doing our part to get as many people as we possibly can onto those lifeboats so that they can be saved. We can't get caught up in the distractions of the world we can't get caught up in what's going on right now. Even with COVID-19, we can't get caught up in the bubble of our own life and forget that there are people all around us that need to hear about Jesus. And it's like the natural gravitation of people is to be inwardly focused. If you give a person long enough without being put in check by the Word of God or the Spirit of God, they are going to naturally become a selfish person because that's what we are in our flesh. We're selfish. And we're going to focus on our needs. We're going to make sure that we're okay. And we're not going to be so much concerned about what's happening in the world around us. Guys, we cannot make that mistake as a church. We can't make that mistake in our own walk with God either because this is not about us. This is about us letting people know about the Jesus that has made such a powerful impact in our lives. And we got to be careful that we don't become distracted and lose focus on what God is calling us to do. Which can be real easy if you're in lockdown and you're not able to go in a lot of places. I've noticed a trend here lately. I don't know how many of y'all have been on social media a whole lot more lately than you normally would be, but 
I, when I hop on social media right now, what I see is a lot of bored people <laughs> expressing a lot of thoughts and opinions on things that mostly they are incredibly unqualified to speak to because they have like an, a ridiculously limited amount of information on a subject. Uh, you're not an expert because you read an article. You're not an expert because you read somebody else's opinion on something that happened and you regurgitate it. It, it doesn't work. But you see a lot of that happening out there in social media right now. It's turned into a war zone of opinions. And as a pastor, I'm seeing a lot of Christians hop on there and they're following suit with what everyone else is doing. I'm seeing a war of opinions between Christians, and I'm seeing that happen with some of the people here at Eastgate Church, too. Let me, let me be a pastor here for just a little bit. Can I? All right. Uh, if you don't go to Eastgate, it still applies because it's still good wisdom. But if you come to this church, hey, let me be a pastor to you for a second. All right. It's incredibly important that we give thought to what we put out on a public forum like social media. Here's some food for thought. If we're going to be held accountable by God for the words that we say and the thoughts that we think, don't you think that we're going to be held accountable by God for the words that we type and put out in posts on social media? Maybe you've never thought about it that way before. We're accountable to God by that stuff. And listen, we're accountable to God not just for the content that we put out, but for how we respond and interact to other people with the content that they put out. Okay, I don't think a lot of people are, are giving this as much attention as it should be getting right now. It's incredibly important. Why is it important? Because what you're doing is either helping your witness for Jesus Christ or it's hurting your witness for Jesus Christ. And if I was a person that had been burnt by church before, and I saw a lot of Christians bickering and arguing over political positions or guidelines and steps and what should be done or what shouldn't be done to reenter society after a global pandemic, and, and if I see people fussing and arguing over conspiracy theories and the president said this or the president really didn't say that if I was someone who had been burnt by the church if I was somebody who didn't know anything about the gospel of Jesus and I saw that happening that would be incredibly off-putting we need to think about the stuff that we post okay just because someone posts something on social media doesn't mean that you got to respond to it and just because you have an opinion on something, it doesn't mean that you have to speak it everywhere that you go. And it doesn't mean that you have to post on it 35 times a day on social media either. I'm kind of exaggerating a little bit, but you get what I'm saying, okay? We don't, we're accountable for that stuff. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the fool delights in airing his own opinion. The Bible also says that the wise man gives thoughts to the words and actions. We've got to decide if we're going to operate in wisdom or if we're going to operate like a fool. 
And if you're in the habit of just posting your opinion, I mean, listen, and I get it. I get it. Look at social media, and listen, you have the right to post whatever you want to post. I get that. All right, Pastor Josh is not on some kind of mission to censor the world right now. That is, I just don't have time to police all of that. I don't want to police all of that. I'm not going to lose any sleep about it. But the Lord kind of put this on my heart um, as I was praying for this this week, specifically in regard with reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guys, listen, we got to give thought to what we're doing. Maybe it would be good just to not post that stuff and just keep some of the opinions that we have to ourselves because we know that when we post it, it's going to be clickbait and comment bait for other people. And in posting that stuff, we become a stumbling block to somebody else who's not mature enough to not hop on there and post their own feedback in response to it. We, we, we hadn't really thought about that so much here lately, I don't think. So, hey, while we're coming back to focus on the vision, let me encourage you to come back to focus on some of this stuff, too. We're accountable for our words. We're accountable for what we think. We're accountable for what we write, too, on social media. All right? So let's not get distracted. That's what I'm saying. Let's not get distracted by all the events. Let's not get distracted by what's happening politically in the world. It doesn't matter if you're on the right or if you're on the left, or if you float somewhere in the middle, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at the end of the day how we re-enter society after COVID-19. Let me tell you, in the big scheme of things, with eternity out there, while it's important and we should operate with some wisdom, I get that. But the strategies and the how-tos and the what's and all that stuff, listen... It is incredibly insignificant compared to how vast eternity is. What we're dealing right, with right now is just going to be a speed bump in eternity. Let's not get distracted with an issue that we're facing in the world and lose sight of the big picture of eternity because there's a lot of people that we could be reaching for Jesus while we're blasting our opinions out there and blasting other people for not agreeing with our worldview on things. How about we use social media to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ? How about we use social media to reach out to those that are hurting around us instead of using it as a platform to air our own opinions all the time? Just food for thought out there, okay? So I want to begin to talk to you about some of the what that we're going to be doing as a church. And we've talked about this. I'm going to give you a big picture overview of some of the what that we're going to be doing, okay? Um, the what is this. We're going to be looking at over the, the years, as soon as things open back up and we're able to do more in the community in a practical way, we're going to be looking at community outreach. We're going to be looking at um, a social media outreach. Hey, <laughs> I got good news for that a little bit later. We're already rocking and rolling on that. Target services, we're going to be doing those as a church. Bridge events, like um, Easter would have been a big one. Uh, Christmas coming up at the end of the year is going to be a big one. There'll be other targeted services during the year that we can focus on to use as an opportunity as a church to connect with people and bring them into a relationship with Jesus. Um, Sunday experiences, our online campus is a huge one. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Crodo got excited back there. He's our online campus uh, guy right now. He's, he's doing a great job, by the way. And then our own individual responsibility as believers and that each one reach one, that we own the Great Commission personally. We own the Great Commission personally. 
Because church stuff is great, but if we don't own it personally, man, there's a lot of people that aren't going to be reached because odds are we're going to reach more people one-on-one than we will in a big event-oriented ministry kind of thing. We'll reach a lot of people through events and through the ministries of the church, but I bet you you're, you're in a relationship with Jesus right now because of the impact of one individual or a couple of individuals on your life. And that's incredibly important. So that's some of the what that we're going to do. Uh, I want to go back to the Titanic now because first problem was they had not enough people in the boats. Second problem was they didn't have enough boats. We talked about that a couple of months ago. and We, we, we began thinking that if we're going to accomplish what God has called us to do, we need to be proactive right now and we need to, to aggressively find um, some great ways to reach people that we're not doing right now. And the second thing that we were going to have to do is we were going to have to begin to plan for the future so that when we get to the place where we need those extra boats in the future to put the people in, we've got the money and the resources to make that happen. And so we established what we called the 12-stone vision fund to make that happen. And we said, this is what we want to do. We want to set this up as a vision fund for people to give to so that when we get to that point in the future, we've got the resources and the funds that we need. And we made it incredibly easy. Like if you're watching right now, that might be a new term to you. If I say the 12-stone vision fund, we talked about it in February of this year. Uh, all it is is an opportunity for us to give towards the, f- the vision of the church and the future ministries of the church. And, and we put out some challenges and we said this. Um, number one, that if you weren't currently giving to the church, that we we challenge you to to pray about it and think about it and see if you wanted to just take that step of commitment and begin giving and helping to um, see the vision of the church go forward and and just supporting that with your finances. So if you weren't giving, we would challenge you to give, you know, whatever you felt was a comfortable amount. It's 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, whatever that looked like, you know. to become a, a consistent giver in the church or to start tithing, you know, giving 10% of what the Lord has blessed you with financially back to him. Uh, and we also challenge that, you know, if you are giving consistently and you are tithing, that maybe you might be in a place where you could give above and beyond that to help support those ministries for the future so that when we got there, we would have the resources available to make them happen. And guys, we stepped up in a big way. We stepped up in a huge way as a church. And um, one of the things that I really liked about that, and I think it might have been the reason for the larger response, is that we weren't, we decided early on that we weren't going to do like a, a, a capital campaign or, or take pledges or anything like that. Because a lot of us have seen that done before in the past, and we know that that kind of stuff doesn't work. The pledge system doesn't work. And the reason why the pledge system usually doesn't work is because there's just something called life that can happen in between where you say, hey, I'm going to give $150,000 this year to the church, and then a whole lot of life happens, and you say, you know what? I lost my job. My car broke down. My kids got sick. My dog got ran over. All this other stuff that can happen, you know, that, that we had to um, put out money for expenses we didn't expect to come up in our personal life. So it affects what we can give. So we said, hey, let's just make this flexible and let's just make this easy. No pledges, no campaign goals, really. Um, Let's just set goals for ministries and things that we would like to see 
and just give people the opportunity to give as they're available to give. And so what we said was, hey, um, just give on a monthly basis. And this month, if you have the funds to be able to give $50 or to give $100 to the 12 Stone Vision Fund, then do that. But if life happens in a negative way and you don't have that extra money the next month, there's no pledges, there's no crazy commitments. So there's no pressure to give and put yourself in a bad financial position just to save face with a church or something like that. Because, you know, a lot of people feel that pressure with these kind of things. Um, just adjust what you're going to give. And if you have a bad month, then don't give anything. Or if you were giving 15, you had a bad month, but you can give 10, then just give 10, you know. Or on the flip side, if you had a really good month, like you got a whole bunch of stimulus money that uh, you weren't counting on and it, it hit it as extra money in your bank account, hey, maybe you could give a little bit more to the 12 Stone Vision Fund because of something like that happening and you can get a little bit for You know, there's a lot of flexibility in that, okay? Um, as a church since February, I want to celebrate some stuff right now, okay? So everybody get your celebrate hat on. Get your celebrate hat on. I want to celebrate this. Um, since February, since the beginning of the 12 Stone Vision Fund, we have seen $4,169.32 given to impact the eternities of other people. That is huge. Like, if you will right now, just start clapping with me in your house because that is awesome. That is awesome. That is tremendous news. That is a big, big deal. Uh, it's a huge deal for us as a church. We had a lot of people jump on board and say, hey, I want to see people saved. The why motivates me. I want to get involved. Let's get out there. Let's make something happen. And not only did they, did they say they wanted to be involved in the ministry that was happening, but they wanted to help fund it financially. And we saw a huge chunk of money start to come in. Most of that came in before all the craziness happened with COVID-19, and we had to drastically change how we do church and, and all of that stuff. So that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And because we had that much money come in, we've been able to do some, some incredibly awesome things. And one of the things that we told you is that we were going to give updates on how much money has come in, which I just did, and then where that money is gone and what we've accomplished with it. And this is going to be another one of those. Like, if it, listen, if you're just tuning in right now and... Uh, you don't go to Eastgate Church, but maybe you just happen on the stream right now, or maybe you've been watching the stream for the last couple of weeks and um, haven't really made that full commitment to just be a part of our online campus or to later maybe come here physically and be a part of our church. Listen, don't, don't let this stuff um, cause you to disconnect because this is more kind of insider info for us as a church. But I think it's awesome and, and maybe it'd be awesome if other churches were a little more vocal about what they were doing with the money that's given by people and how effectively it's being used in the ministries that uh, they say that they're funding. And so the big one I want to talk about right now is the social media prayer outreach. Okay? The social media prayer outreach. This was huge. We wanted this to be a big focus. And we were thinking going into the fall of this year, it would be great to have enough money set aside because we needed $1,500 to purchase the, uh, the programming and the, the platform to make it happen. And then we needed to have money set aside to cover the monthly advertising fees that were going to be associated with getting those ads out there to people <clears throat> on social media um, so that they could see that we wanted to pray for them. So there was a little bit of cost there. Somebody gave, one individual gave 
$1,500 to see that ministry get started because they said one day doing that would be awesome, but why don't we go ahead and just start that two-day? They stroked the check, and we were able to make that happen, and that money's represented in the, uh, the 12 Stone Vision Fund numbers that I just gave you, okay? Um, then, because we had all that extra money come in towards that stuff, we were able to almost immediately start um, paying for ads to get the word out there and to start reaching people and connecting with people. And guys, we have seen this be a tremendous ministry for our church, especially over the last several weeks with everyone dealing with the pressure and the complications and, and the health issues and struggles that have been associated with COVID-19, the financial pressure that a lot of people are experiencing right now. Um, they have seen, they, they saw that ad and they responded in a powerful way. Guys, we have prayed for literally hundreds of people in our community through this outreach. We've been able to minister to them and not just pray for them, but we've been able to connect with them We've been able to start to build like relationships with them, messaging back and forth, out, talking on the phone to some of them. Uh, we have seen people get saved through this ministry. We have seen people rededicate their lives through this ministry. We have seen people respond to us, and, and they've asked us that when we open up the campus again and we're having services live here in-house, they've asked us that if they can come here and be baptized. We're seeing God do a lot of awesome stuff. And I know me saying praying for hundreds of people sounds awesome, but I want to show you, <clears throat> okay? I want to show you some of these requests. Most of it's on Facebook, and I'm going to hold this up right now. And you may not be able to see it through the camera, um, they were telling me that there was kind of an issue with the camera picking stuff up. So we're going to show you some photos of what I'm fixing to be scrolling through here. This is the ad. You'll see my face and Kelly on the ad. And it just says, hey, can we pray for you? And you click on the message link and you go through this automated process that gets your prayer request. And if you're comfortable with it, it'll, it'll get, you know, let you give some information. And then it'll ding me or some, a staff member and let us know we've got a prayer request in. And we're able to respond to that message and write them a note. We can video us praying for them. Or we can record a voice, like a voice recording of us praying for them. Which is what I do a lot because you don't have to fix your hair <laughs> when you're doing a recording. You do for a video. So we've been able to pray for people in a real personal way. But I want to scroll through some of this. This is what you're about to see. This is just the prayer requests that have come in as a comment on the prayer ad that we've been running. These are not the private messages that we've received. These are just the comments, okay? We're going to start scrolling through this stuff so you can get some perspective. There's hundreds of requests coming in. It's insane. There's a lot of people hurting out there. There's a lot of people dealing with anxiety and stress. There's a lot of people dealing with just incredibly difficult issues in their lives right now. And as a church, we've been able to pray with every one of these people. We're getting messages like, hey, my husband just died of a heart attack. Can you pray with me? Pray for my families. We process through this. People that have lost loved ones and can't even go to the, the, the funeral for the people that they love that they lost. 
people that have family members that are sick and in the hospital that they can't go visit right now. Cancer. We pray for people that have contracted COVID-19, people with family members that have contracted it. And they may still be showing you those pictures uh, online right now, but we pray for each and every one of them. People that have lost children during this time. People whose marriages were in a rough spot during this time. We pray with hundreds and hundreds of people. And we've seen God move. People that have lost jobs, we've prayed with them. And we've seen God open up doors where they were able to uh, go back to work or to find other employment. Um, people that didn't have money to feed their kids, no groceries to feed their kids, we were able to come in and help and assist and sometimes um, assist from the church and sometimes direct them to other ministries in the community uh, that could help them better. This has been an incredibly powerful outreach ministry, especially through this time, Eastgate Church. And it's only been possible because someone gave to make it happen and then a lot of us gave in order to pay for the ads to continue so that it's always out there for people to see and to click on and pray. We're praying for sometimes between 10 and 20 people a day. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. It depends on, on what's going on. Usually, We're praying with a ton of people, a ton of people. And it's only possible because people have been given, giving to you the 12 Stone Vision Fund. So I want to thank you. Listen, hundreds and hundreds of people that have been impacted because of this. Eastgate Church, we're reaching people. We're reaching a lot of people in a different way, but in a very real way. And I want to praise God for that and just celebrate that. Thank you guys so much for giving. Thank you guys so much for making that happen. And thank God so much for how he's moving and impacting the lives of all those people that we're praying for. The second thing that we've seen happen that I want to talk about this morning and celebrate a little bit is the online campus. Okay, I know... Uh, if Chris is, is going crazy back there, the media team's like, they're flexing and doing all kinds of stuff. Listen, big thank you to the media team, okay? You just don't understand, guys, what this media team has done to be able to make this live stream happen. Uh, it, it's been tremendous to watch them. We, listen, we had no live stream at all. And then COVID-19 happened, and we were forced to hit fast forward because this was something we wanted to see happen again the fall going into the end of the year because it costs money to make this stuff happen. And so we figured it would take some time to set the money aside in order to get what we needed and practice properly to make sure we're putting out an excellent ministry avenue, you know. Well, uh, sometimes life doesn't work out the way that you want it to, so these guys had to scramble and make it happen. So listen, Eastgate Church, we owe a huge thank you to the media team for making that happen. We owe a huge thank you. Listen, not just for them. Let's just, you know what? Let's just do clap time right now. Thank you so much for the, the worship team and the staff and all these people who have come in week after week in order to hop in front of a camera in an empty room and praise God and bring you praise and worship in your house and bring you messages in your home, all the extra hours that have gone in. It is, it is crazy. I, I talked to all my pastor buddies out there, and they're talking about how their workload has just doubled and gone through the roof during this time, and it's true. I have been logging more hours as a pastor uh, the, the last, the last uh, 
five, six, seven, however many weeks it's been now. It just seems like forever. It's just crazy. But the workload has just gone up. But your staff and the leaders, the worship team and the media team, listen, guys, they have not freaked out. They have stepped up and, and said reaching people is important, and that's what we want to do. And so we just thank God for everything that uh, they've been willing to do. And praise God for the online campus. We've got it now. I know that's a big duh because you're watching it. <laughs> you're watching online right now. And uh, it's not where we want it to be at all. Right now, we've got one camera working. But if you only knew what it took to get that one camera working right and all the equipment that had to be purchased in order to get it working so and the, the programming and, and the software and all the stuff that we had to do, it's just amazing. But this would not be possible. Okay, We could not have done this, though, the way that we're doing it, if people had not given to the 12 Stone Vision Fund. Okay. wouldn't be here. So there's a lot of other things we want to do. Like I know maybe you're tired of just looking at one camera and you're wondering who's playing drums for the church. Maybe you're wondering what's happening way over on this side of the stage that you can't see. You know, We were joking this morning like, um, because what we want to do is have a multi-camera setup so that you know, as worship's going, we can change the cameras and you can see everybody that's ministering and, and all that stuff and, and change it up and have a quality production out there of the ministry that we're having, just going on in here. So we were, we were joking uh, when, we, when we finally get the cameras that we need and get everything set up that we we're going to do a big unveiling of who the mystery drummer was and have them wear this mask and put a spotlight on them and we'll have this big unveiling to let you know that <coughs> it was Drew um, the whole time playing and, and Jeremy some too. Uh, but uh, it, we've had a lot of fun with that though. But what we'd like to do though is have more cameras set up um, we want to purchase a video mixer so that we can switch through those cameras. Um, not a lot, you know, and, and all that stuff. So maybe, um, maybe you're watching right now, and maybe this has kind of inspired you, and you want to help give towards that to help offset so, some of the costs of that equipment. Hey, that'd be an awesome thing to give to and to donate to right now so that we can have multiple cameras happening and, and the mixer so that we can switch between the cameras. Um, We've already had money come in specifically donated to buying a new soundboard for the church, which is crazy to think about that happening even right now um, to help us with the live stream because when we come back and start having church here in the building, we're going to have to reassign the soundboard that we have right now. Right now we're just using it all for live stream. Well, we've got to have a soundboard to mix the house speakers we're having worship in here too so we need to um, somebody knew about that need and they've already stepped up to make that happen so it's great so we're seeing pieces fall into place to see this online campus hit a new level guys the online campus right now check this out if you don't need a reason to give to this if this doesn't do it if this doesn't do it i don't know what will right now we are reaching per week between seven and eight hundred people through the online campus of this church. Seven and 800 people. We have seen people saved through the online ministry of this church. We've seen people rededicate their lives through the online ministry of this church. We've seen people sign up and want to be baptized through the online ministries of this church. We have reached the community in a new way. It is amazing because the people that we're reaching through the prayer request ministry are getting directed to the live stream and getting connected to the church. And maybe you're watching right now and that's how you came across us. Hey, big welcome. Welcome to the Eastgate family. We love you. We're so glad that you're here. Listen, guys, this is a power tool and we want it to continue even after we 
start having services on campus again in, in the future, whenever that day is going to be. So, listen, we're reaching a ton of people with only an opportunity to reach more and more and more. And part of that has been because you guys have jumped on board and you've been liking and sharing the live stream when we do it. And we're seeing the impact just go out and get, we're watching the reach get larger and larger every week as it builds. And we're really excited about the future of that. So if you want to help us with that, man, today, maybe you got some extra stimulus money. You're trying to figure out what to do with it. Hey, sow some seed into the gospel and help impact lives, help impact people that you may never, you may never meet them, but because of giving and making the ministry possible, you'll impact their lives for eternity. So I want to encourage you to do that. In fact, while I'm doing this, I really haven't planned this at all because I'm not cool enough to do that. Uh, but I don't know, if, Chris, if we could back there maybe put up the, uh, the giving stuff again and let people know you can go to um, eastgatechurch.cc and hop online and maybe give to that right now if you wanted to. You can just give generally and maybe put a note in there that says uh, online campus, or you could give to the 12 Stone Vision Fund. It's one of the giving options there. Um, you could also text to give right now off your phone. I know that means you might have to hop off the live stream for a second or two. That's cool. You can go ahead and do that, or maybe wait till the live stream is done. Um, and they're putting that information up there for you too the keyword and then the number that you need to text that to. It'd be a great opportunity to help us get better at what we're doing in reaching people. But the online campus has been tremendous, guys. A lot of stuff to celebrate. A lot of stuff to celebrate there. Um, because uh, just like everything else in the world, we've seen an impact from COVID-19 on the church. And I want to talk to you for a, a couple of minutes about the um, impact of COVID-19 on our church. A lot of businesses lost business, lost income, lost revenue, and we're no exception to that because we haven't been having services here. All of the support and offerings and all that have been coming from just about 99% online. We've had some people that have driven up to drop off, you know, gifts and offerings here at the church um, while the staff is up here during the week, and it's been awesome, you guys that have done that. Um, but we've seen a drop in income here at the church. Okay? And I'm not going to pour mouth or, or wine or anything. That's just part of it. Global pandemic, global economic impact. People have lost jobs. People have you know, seen income drop. We've seen income drop here at the church by about 30%. So makes a lot more than that consistently since this thing has begun. Now, that's made a huge impact on the way we've done ministry. We've had to, you know free spending in a lot of different areas and it's it's caused us to have to tighten the belt quite a bit like it has from you know a lot of the households out there um so it's impacted us tremendously and it's affected what we were able to do because money's tight at the church right now we've had to um stop all outgoing support of other ministries um in the area we've had to stop support of uh, missions efforts and those ministries that we um that we support uh, Renew America being one of them specifically. We've had to pause giving to that, and I hate that, but the reality is the money's not there. You can't give it. So we felt some of, the, some of the impact from that too as a church, but I want to say this. Listen, because, because a lot of you stepped up and gave to the 12-stone vision fund 
and gave and designated that money to go to specific ministries of the church, we have been able to use that money to make sure that the gospel has gone out even in a time when we've seen the income of the church drop significantly. God seems to know what he's doing. You know? And we've had to adjust payroll and in some weeks not get paid as a staff here at the church so that we can make sure that the church is in a good place to do ministry. You know, And, and we'll take those knocks and we'll roll with them because, listen, I, I want to see lives impacted and changed for Jesus. But it's because that fund was in place that we have the money to make this stuff happen. I want to encourage you, um, if you've kind of taken a break on your giving, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you maybe to ratchet that up just a little bit. Or maybe if you're watching the stream right now and uh, you want to maybe hit pause and, and, and give to help support the ministries of the church. And I know we're not unique or different. There's a lot of churches that are going through the same stuff that we're going through right now. A lot of churches are having to make cutbacks and make some hard decisions on what's going to get money and what isn't going to get money. And uh, the reason why I'm telling you this, Eastgate, is because we're a family. Okay, we're all in this thing together. We're all in this thing together. We're all trying to reach the world for Jesus together as a church. Okay? This has never been a church where it was me trying to get you to do something or the staff trying to get the people to do something that we weren't willing to do ourselves. You know, No, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Never ask anyone to do something that I'm not willing to do myself and the staff won't either. You know, if we're in this, we're committed to this. I want to challenge you, you know, if you're taking a break on giving, man, this will be a great week to pick that back up again. Because there's a lot of ministries out there that we'd like to continue to support. There's a lot of work that we'd like to continue to do. And listen, the time's going to come where we are not going to have to do just a live stream only service. The time's coming probably sooner than later where we're going to be able to open up the doors and get back into a normal rhythm of ministry and outreach at the church. And it's incredibly important that when we do that, that the funds are there, that the boats are there for the people when we need them. Hey, I want to challenge you to give and to give big, to give and to give consistently. Help us reach the people that God's called us to reach and to help us stay in a financially strong position so that when we're able to open up the doors and all these people come in that we've been ministering to in the community, that we're able to do it in an effective and excellent way, okay? So that the church doesn't have to, it have to miss a beat at all, okay? I want to challenge you, Eastgate Church, let's continue to give and give big because we're seeing God do a lot of awesome things. We don't want to see that stop on the other side of this, okay? So let's give, let's give, let's give, let's give, let's give. All right, I love you. I love you. And I, I just, it, it's weird because even with, Seeing the income drop, we've seen ministry here go through the roof. It is so crazy. And that just proves that you don't have to have money to minister to people. But it sure does help <laughs> to, to be able to do it effectively. But God's opened up a huge door through previous giving to make the ministry that we're doing right now be incredibly effective. So thank you guys so much. And listen, I want to say, if you've been faithfully giving to the church, thank you. Thank you. Please continue to do that because the ministry of this church hasn't stopped just because of what's going on in the world outside. If anything, the need for ministry has gone through the roof, not just from Eastgate, 
but from so many other churches in the area. It's time for the church to step up to the plate, okay? It's not time for the church to hide in fear in their house. It's not time for the church to disconnect from what's happening in the world. It's time for the church to step up to the plate and to give and to minister and to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Can I hear an amen out there somewhere? It's kind of time for us to step up, Eastgate Church. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Let's make sure that we can be there when people need us to be there. When are we going to open up this church? Um, well, we don't know. <laughs> I know there's, there's a lot of uh, information out there, and some of it seems to be conflicting right now. And I think that's part of the problem with a lot of the bickering that you're seeing on social media right now because nobody really knows what information is accurate and what steps need to be taken. You know, we... Uh, we're watching and we're paying attention to the information and we're praying and we're going to make the wisest decision that we can as a church. Um, it's obviously not this week. It may not be next week. It may not be the week after that. We're going to wait and pray and we're going to take the information that comes in and the requirements that are going to be put on us in order to open up those doors and weigh those options and the pros and cons and make the move that's going to be best for the church and best to protect you um, if you come here. Now, right now, if we were to open up the church, we would not be able to have children's ministry. We would not be able to have a nursery. We would not be, and that's probably going to impact a lot of you right now. And I know this one would impact a bunch of you. We wouldn't be able to serve coffee. And I know that's huge. That's probably going to mess up a lot of you. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do that either if we opened up right now. So there's things that we have to consider. But when the day does come for us to reopen again, we'll let you know, and we'll come in here and we'll celebrate and we'll have the biggest party you've ever seen. It's going to be awesome to see you guys come back into the place. It's just not going to be right now, okay? But soon, very soon, we're, we're working that and we're going to figure out when the best, the best time to do that is going to be. I want to pray with you before we close. And this has been great information just to revisit the vision that God has called us to and to celebrate some of the stuff that God is doing through the ministries of the church. Um, I love this. I could talk about what God's doing all day long, but I want to pray for you before we get out of here today. And I want to ask you a question. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the message. Have you been a little distracted lately? Have you been a little caught up in what's happening in the world? Have you been caught up in all those scenarios and all the guidelines and all the political posts and statements and positions and repositions and have you gotten caught up in the storm that's kind of surrounding this whole pandemic that we're facing right now I want to call you back to focus guys maybe it's time for us to refocus and reset on what God's called us to do maybe you're out there and you're distracted and this is what God put on my heart for us as a church to not be distracted, to keep our eye on the ball, to keep our eye on the task, to keep our hands to the plow, and to move forward in what God has called us to do, okay, regardless of what's going on around us. So if you've been distracted, maybe you've been one of those people that have been posting like crazy, causing some trouble out there, little troublemakers. Uh, maybe, maybe you've been caught up in what you're seeing on the news and it's caused you to experience incredible anxiety maybe you're feeling some financial pressure right now and instead of trusting God you're focusing on that pressure and you're distracted by that maybe 
what's happening now has caused some tension and friction in the household and that's becoming a distraction. So I want to call you back to focus, guys. The solution to every problem is Jesus. Okay? There's nothing that you're going to face in this world. There's nothing you're going to face in this world that you cannot find a solution for in your relationship with God and in the Word of God. He is the answer. He doesn't just give answers. He is the answer. So I want to pray for you.